Everybody shout, I'm winning this year. Shout it again, I'm winning this year. Man, let me talk to y'all just for a second. Um, I know my messages for the past couple of weeks have kind of been just a little bit different. I don't have a sermon series title because I just don't have one. And that's not my norm uh, because my approach to God as I am praying is, Father, what is, what's necessary for the people to know now that's going to propel them throughout the year so at the end of the year, they really can be winners? Man, let's be transparent. Some of y'all didn't win last year. You do know that there's a difference between surviving and thriving. Some of y'all didn't survive. Some of y'all, y'all didn't thrive. You just, you, you, you didn't win. You, you, y'all, y'all did like, y'all, y'all did like, um, like the Cowboys. <laughs> what the, you started well. You got our hopes up. Everybody shout, but I'm winning this year. So what's necessary, God, for the people of God, man, to win? So, so what I want to deal with today, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my time. I don't have a very long message. That was a joke, too. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but I do want to take my time. And listen, this is what I want to challenge you to do. Those who can and will, I, I, need you to, I need you to jot some things down. I really want you. I got a couple of questions I want you to jot down and a few definitions that I want you to take notes. Those who can and will. Here's the first definition. The definition is vision. Everybody shout vision. Vision, I'm defining it as a clear and compelling internal picture that fo- forces external variables to align as a reflection of the inner image. <laughs> oh, my God. That's loaded, but that's so powerful. Vision. Keep it up there. It is a clear and compelling internal picture, got to see it here, that forces external variables to align as a reflection of the inner image. It's, it's, a, it's a clear, compelling internal picture that forces external variables to align as a reflection of the inner image. Let me give you a, a supporting text. I'm going to give you several. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people do what, y'all? They, they perish. Where there is no... Let, let me conflate this scripture with, with my definition. Where there is no clear, compelling internal picture, external variables will not align. I, I need you to, how, how, how does that work? How does it work? Because um, everybody shout, I got to see it on the inside first. Like real talk, you got to see it. You got to see it here. And when you really see it here, there are two things that happen. There, there is a psychological thing that happens, and then there's a spiritual thing that happens. Here is a psychological thing that happens. How many of you guys have ever gone shopping for a new car? Um, you did your study. You did your research. You test drove the car. And all of a sudden, now you see that car everywhere. 
The question is, did those cars just get on the road, you know, everybody copying after you, you know, now you, you want this car, now everybody trying to drive. Did, did that happen? Or did those cars already exist? They were already there. You just never noticed them because there was, there was no internal image that this was important to you. What happens psychologically when you develop a clear picture of what's important to you, your mind goes to work for you to make external connections of opportunities. Of, am I making sense? That's the psychological part of it. Here's the spiritual part of it. When your vision aligns with the will of God, God will cause your life to accelerate towards the known goal. When, when your vision aligns with, with God's vision, it, it's like driving a car. You ever drove a car, you're on I-10, and, and like it starts raining cats and dogs out of nowhere. What, what do you do? What do you do? You slow. You should. I know some of y'all don't. You should slow down because you can't see very clearly. But the moment the rain lifts, what does everybody do? You accelerate because the more clearly you can see, the faster you can go. And so when you align your vision with what God is seeing for you, he causes your life to, everybody shout, accelerate. Accelerate towards the known goal. Watch this. Psalms 1 declares... Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he, everybody shout, meditate. Now understand, meditation is a function that speaks to vision. Meditation is when you rehearse the internal image on the inside. And so the, the, the scripture is declaring through meditation, when this internal picture becomes clearer, this is what happens. Verse number three, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. Uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Here's the first question. What do you see? What, what are you seeing? And <laughs> maybe this is a more important question. If you are seeing something, if what you are seeing, how can I say that? What you are seeing, is it the same thing that God is seeing for you? Yeah, it's, it's um, Jamie was, um, she really blessed me, uh, I think it was Friday night. I was eavesdropping on the vision board party I was. <laughs> First, I just came in to get some food. I'm like, oh, that's good in there. Uh. And Jamie said something powerful, real, real powerful. She said, um, one year she created a vision board, and at the end of the year, nothing Y'all know how dramatic she can be through sometimes. Nothing, y'all, actually came to pass that year that was on her vision board. And she was saying how disappointed she was, but then God began to minister to her, and he challenged her with this question. How much of what you put on your vision board is actually my vision for you? I mean, the reality, I mean, I had, I had to change my little bit. This, this is what I did. I, like, I ripped, don't. So on my, my old vision board, and y'all will be able to tell it's the old vision board. On my old vision board about four or five years ago, 
I had this big old muscular guy. And, and so what I did is I cut his head off and I put my head on there. <laughs> she, she said that like my grandmother. Oh, precious, that's all right. Real, real talk, real talk. I actually don't have the time to commit to a workout regimen to produce that type of result. It ain't that God don't want me healthy. It, it's not that God don't want me in good shape. What it would take to get there would actually take me out the will of God. The vision that you have for yourself, is it actually God's vision? So, what do you actually see? I, I, I need you to, I need you to, what do you see about your relationship? What do you see about your marriage? What do you see concerning your children? What do you see concerning your income? What is the vision that God has actually given you? And here's the next question. I need you to jot this down. I, I need y'all. The next question is, can you still see it clearly? <laughs> like, like, can you? Can you still see it clearly? Uh, watch, watch this, watch this, watch this. Hey, y'all, that's what happens when you come late. They sit you on the front row. <laughs> My dude, love you, man. Uh, put that picture, that first picture up. Put that up. Y'all look at that fine chick right there. Ay, that girl there. That, that was 1999 on the coast, MLK. Um, weekend, 1999. My kids like, Dad, you old. You were born in the 1900s. I thought about that. I'm like, well, dog, saying it like that, I, I guess I am old. Uh, put that next picture up. This was in 2002. Um, my, my second ministerial licensing um, under uh, Apostle Beard, Dominion and Power. Yeah. That's when I had hair. And the waves in my head that make you dizzy. <laughs> uh, put that next picture up. This, this is my wife's graduation. This was 99. This is the summer of 99. Y'all see how happy we look? <laughs> uh, put that last picture. This, this is our wedding picture here. Uh, January 15, 2000. Look how happy, look how happy we look. Now, now, now watch, watch this. Just put all four again. Just one, two, three, four real quick. Just, just real quick. One, there it is. Put another one. Put another one. Put another one. All right. That's good. Now look at me. On all four of those pictures, as happy as we are, we were broke as a joke. <laughs> like no money. Like, like if we have a flat tire. Like, we're going to be riding with a donut on the car for a couple of weeks. Here's the question. Put, put, put that last picture. How can we be so broke and that happy? I tell you why. Because we, at that moment, see something beyond where we are. 
My joy ain't hinged on where I'm at. My joy is because I see myself in the future. And I look better than I do right now. We're, we have joy. We are happy because we got vision. Here, here is the question that I wish I could have posed back to my old self then is this, this, this vision that you have as broke as you are that's keeping you full of joy, keeping you motivated. What are you going to do to keep the vision alive? Because every argument, every fallout was just a symptom of the fact that what we saw, we don't see no more. So the next question is, what are you doing intentionally to position yourself so that your vision can stay alive? I need you to write that down. Hey, why y'all looking at me? I said write that down. We in class today. I'm Dr. McGee today. I forgot how I said it. <laughs> you know how us doctors are. We just on the fly. You know, we just throw it out there. What are you doing to intentionally keep your vision alive? Because like, um, just like the Buffalo Bills accidentally won some games, and the Washington Redskins accidentally won some games. Some of y'all are tripping into happiness. You happy? Oh, I already threw shade on the Cowboys. You will see? You should yeah. You, you, it's like you trip, like you happy, but you don't know how you got there. So when you find yourself navigating out of that place, you, you don't have the strategic plan of how to get back there. And I need you to question how did I get here? If you're there, and if I'm not there, what are the steps necessary to get back there? Here, here, here's the next question. The next question is, what are you intentionally saying to speak life into your vision? So the first part was about positioning yourself in an environment that's conducive to the support of your vision. Here's the next thing, you intentionally speaking life because the power of life and death, it lies in what, y'all? It lies in your tongue. What are you doing on, everybody shout, on purpose? On purpose to speak life into your vision. Here is the final thing. What are you doing once again intentionally to protect your vision from the opinions and the thoughts of everybody around you? Because I promise you, it's a whole bunch of folk with jacked up lives don't mind telling you what to do with yours. It's a bunch of folk with horrible marriages ready to give you advice on. Are y'all with me so far? In the book of Genesis chapter number 12, God has a conversation with a man by the name of Abram. And in this conversation, God is feeding him, everybody shout, vision. He says to him, the Bible declares, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. 
and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Three declares, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. Now, what I need you to see is God is having this conversation with his guy Abram. And as he is, as he is speaking to Abram, what's happening on the outside is translating to something that's happening on the inside. Uh, he says, I will make you a great nation. Abram sees internal picture of posterity. I will bless you. He sees the picture of a man that's actually favored by God. I will make your name great. He sees a picture of somebody with great influence. You will be a blessing. He sees somebody with a great opportunity to give and to be a blessing to other folk around him. He says, I will bless those who bless you. He sees himself as good ground. I am worth investing in. Whoever curses you, I, I, he sees this picture of himself of being divinely protected by God. The image, watch this, it is clear and it is compelling. So based on our previous definition, we said that a vision is a clear, compelling internal picture that forces external variables to align as a reflection of the inner image. So as God is speaking to him and he is seeing the picture on the inside, it is clear. How do you know it's clear? Because the very first, next verse. So Abram went. Because the picture was clear enough. It was what he needed to make his move. To do something that's con actually contrary to the culture of that particular time. Abram lives in what's known as a collectivistic culture, uh, juxtaposed the individualistic uh, a culture. That's what the U U.S., the America is. We are primarily an individualistic culture, which simply means I do me. And we good as long as you and me. But the moment we ain't good, you can go about your business because I'm going about in a collectivistic culture, it's better for us to actually stay together because we can do more collectively together. So for God to speak to this man, to isolate himself from his father's house, from his siblings, from his relatives, this is countercultural. But because he sees the image of God's going to make me a great nation, he's going to bless me, he's going to curse those who curse me, bless those who bless me, he's going to divinely protect me because he sees the internal image clearly, it it, it causes him to step out and move on what he sees. Um, he started, well, like many of us, we see clearly. <sighs> I see the business. <laughs> I, I see the opportunity. I, I, see, I see us happy together. We, we start out clear clearly seeing it, but during a, a process of time, it becomes evident that the vision is not clear. Because as long as the picture is clear, it forces external variables to align with what you see. So when you start seeing variables in somebody's life, 
that doesn't align with what they said they was about, it's only because what they said they don't see no more. So, if I am an Abram and God says he's going to make me into a great nation and for whatever reason, I don't see it clearly no more, it will be easy for me, for my wife to come to me and say, honey, it doesn't look like God's going to do it. Here's Hagar. And I'd be like, okay. If you want, Okay. Why was it so easy? Because he don't see the vision no more. Why is it so easy for my man to lie two times? He goes down to Egypt into another country. He be like, hey, hey, look, Sarah, you fine. <laughs> but uh, if they know we married, they're going to kill me. So just tell them. <laughs> I want to say we cousin them's. Just tell them we sister and brother so they don't kill me because of you. What'll make a man do that? When you don't see clearly any longer that God is going to divinely protect you. That I will bless anybody that blesses you and I will curse anybody that try to curse you. When you can't see it, the external variables no longer. Am I making sense in this place? So God speaks to him, my man, and he, 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 he clarifies, this is what I want. So what God has to do, God says, in order for this man to stay on task, because understand, vision is an undergirding of your faith. And the scripture declares that the promises of God are received by faith. In order for you to receive what God himself has promised to you, you have to be in a place of faith and vision. This internal picture undergirds what it is that you believe. So God says, I got to help my man out because he's not going to get there by himself. And I'm here today to help you out because some of you all has a, have a great dream. You have great goals, but you, have, you are lacking vision, and your lack of vision is now messing with these external factors. So this is what God does. Watch this. Watch this. Genesis chapter number 13, verse number 14. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had departed from him, look around from where you are. To the north and south, to the east and west, all the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. 16, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Look at Genesis 15, 5. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Genesis, Genesis 17, 5. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. 17, 15. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. Watch what God does. God says, my man that I gave vision to in chapter number 12, here it is. Uh, years later, he's starting to lose focus on what I showed him. 
and it's evident that he's looking, losing focus on what I showed him because the external factors and variables in his life no longer align with the internal image because the vision is not clear. So what I need to do is clarify my man's vision. I'm going to start with his daytime activities. I'm going to place an external vision board in front of him every single day that points to the thing that I showed him in Genesis chapter number 12. Abram, if you every day when your sandal kick the sand when it kicks the dust. It, I, I want you to be reminded of this word. If you can count this stuff you kicking, you'll be able to count the number of seed I'm going to give you. Hmm. But the daytime is not good enough. And some of you guys, you actually, like me, you do well on your diet during the day. It's the nighttime. That's the devil. I did something very noble last night, and I'm actually proud of myself. Um, we're giving away Easter baskets um, to the kids, and my wife bought this big old pack of M&Ms. And I looked at that pack, and I was like, it wouldn't be fair, man, uh, for those kids to eat that, and, and something could be wrong with them. So I'm the bigger person. I tasted two or three of each kind. To make sure that it's safe for our kids. Can y'all give it up for y'all pastor? So real talk, the peanut butter, they're good. The plain, they're good. The peanut, they're good. And just because I love the babies, just for the babies. I'm going to recheck them later tonight. He says, good, daytime is not good enough. Let me give you something else in the night to remind you of what I said. When you look up in the sky and you see the stars, if you can count the number of stars in the sky, you'll be able to count the number of seed that I'm going to give you, man. He literally positions him day and night in an environment that reminds him of the picture that's on the inside. He takes it a step further. What I need you to stop doing is stop actually speaking against what it is that I told you. Stop calling yourself Abram and call yourself Abraham. Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of many names. Speak in alignment of what I showed you on the inside. And not only do I want you to, oh my God, to stop calling, I want you to stop folk from calling your vision things that's contrary to don't let nobody else call your wife Sarah that is not her name any longer her name is Sarah come on somebody you gotta speak in alignment of, of your vision and you also have to guard the words that other folk are saying am I making sense in this place so he gives him this, this external vision board day and night, and he challenges his speech concerning the vision and what happens. Abram, y'all know the story. Y'all know the story. Abram, he, he, ooh, this is good. The vision becomes so clear, it brings him to the place of faith, age 100, and they produce the child. Now, that was my introduction. That ain't even what I want to talk to y'all about today. Somebody just got sad, like, dang, how long was the intro? No real talk. This, this is all I want to focus on. It's real simple. Genesis 13 and 1. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev. 
with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become, shout it again, very wealthy. Very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. Now, Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. He, he also. Now, now, for those who don't know the story of Lot, Lot's father and mother died when he was very young. Abram, as an uncle, basically adopts Lot into his family and takes care of him as a son. So it makes sense for Lot to become wealthy like his uncle slash father. Six declares, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot. So Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you. Let's part. Everybody shout part company. Let's part company. This is all God gave me. I was in prayer and I was in meditation. And I was listening to one of my, my mentors. Um, and he said something that I just couldn't shake. He said, some of you guys are Abraham. And some of y'all a lot. Now, li listen to my full context. He says, Abraham is the man who prospers because of he sees the vision and he executes the vision. Lot is the one who doesn't necessarily have the vision, but his prosperity is connected to the vision that he's under. The truth is, Greg McGee, depending upon the area of my life, I am both an Abraham and in other areas, I am a Lot. Some places I prosper because I see clearly what it is God wants to do, and I have made the choice to align myself with what God has shown me. In other areas of my life, I am prospering not because I see, I prosper because I'm connected with somebody who can see. And because of my connection and their obedience, it is causing fruitfulness in my life. So this is what the scripture declares. Put Habakkuk 2, 2 on, the, on the screen, please. The Bible declares, write the vision. Everybody shout, write the vision. Write the vision and make it what, y'all? Make it what? Make it plain. Now, now look at me. Why do I need to write it and make it plain? Look at the rest of the text. That what, y'all? That he may what, y'all? May run that readeth it. Here is the problem some of you guys have right now. You are locked, and your prosperity is connected to what you are under. The challenge is you got folk in your life who don't understand the vision, and you are allowing their foolishness to disconnect you from your prosperity. 
And what Lot need to say to his servants, look here, fools. The only reason we got the stuff we got, the only reason we live in how we live in, the only reason we got money, we got wealth, is because we connected to A. So whatever y'all need to do with y'all arguing together, you need to bring it down because I can't be disconnected from my place of prosperity. So Lot sees the vision, but his servants don't see the vision. And because, they, because he, they don't see it, evidently he hadn't written it down. He hadn't made it plain because he that's supposed to be running is now causing confusion. Some of y'all, the problem ain't that you don't know the vision. The folk that's connected to you don't know the vision. And they jacking stuff up in your life. And you about to miss out on the move of God because you got Folk that are being ignorant that's getting ready to separate you from your promise. Man, let me say some stuff boldly right now. Uh, don't you let nobody separate you from this church. So, 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 so you'll know who I'm talking to. There are some of you all that you know. That since you start coming to this church, that your life has just improved. I've been better. I am happier. I feel more joy. I feel more passion going to my job. For what I love my husband better. I love my wife better. I put up with my kids better. My life is just better. And here it is, your in-laws talking about something. There you go, spending all your money on that church. <laughs> you going to church again? Did y'all just have seven days or something? You was there all oh, we giving it go again. You know what you need to do? You need to tell your in-laws to stop calling your wife Sarah because that ain't her name. Her name is Sarah. You need to stop speaking against the thing that's blessing me. Because I'm not going to allow your negative words to pull me from the place of blessing. And understand, that is much easier. Oh, I want to help somebody in this place. It's easier to say, but it's a challenge to actual do, actually do. Because you got to understand, if you sit there and you accept that poison and you don't bring it down, first of all, in your own spirit, number two, correct it externally, what's going to happen is when you get in a low moment, y'all ain't saying nothing in this place, when you get in a place where, one of the one of the one of the new ushers. We got some new ushers. One, Brother Ray, get rude to you. He be rude to you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you now entertaining the stuff that your in-laws. Everybody shall protect the vision. Not just what God is showing you. You gotta protect vision. Of what God has connected you to. Because like your prosperity ain't just within yourself. It is in who and what God has actually linked. Am I making sense in this place? You got to protect the vision. Now watch this. I got something I need to do today. I got something. My wife asked me. She said, you got a short message today? <laughs> she said, she got a short message today. She asked me that because she be wanting to bootleg and preach. I'm going to give you more Sundays this year. Praise the Lord. Can y'all bless the Lord for Pastor Yeah, I'm going to give you a whole Sunday so you can stop taking 10 and 15 minutes of my time. Oh. They ain't going to change it, Lord Jesus. 
I need to do something. I need to do something. I just want y'all to follow me. L- listen, I need you to follow me. Um, there are individuals in this life that, in this, in this, this auditorium, um, I like saying that. That sounds big time. <laughs> I think I just prophesied. I think I just prophesied. <laughs> My God today. Like that. Watch this. There's some folk in here that you have not done something you know God has told you to do. Um, and this is what I need you to do real quick. I want to give you just a few moments to just repent, apologize, and to make the recommitment that you're going to do it. If that's you, do it now. If you're watching me online, and that's you, I want you to take this moment. God, you told me to, to, to say, to do, and I have procrastinated. I've allowed my fear, uh, my, my own doubts, and I need to confess that I'm wrong. I should be obedient. I'm sorry, and I'm committing to do it now. Everybody look up at me. Oh, <laughs> I love my lovely wife. But watch this. God ain't like my wife. My wife said, you hurt my feelings when you said it. And I said, I'm sorry. You ain't mean it. I'm like, what I got to do? <laughs> so when I actually said I'm sorry, like, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I really meant it. But, you know, she wants a little extra. Praise the Lord. And I love her. Um, you tell God you're sorry, and you meant it. I got it. Am I making sense? All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, there are some of you all in this Coliseum today. <laughs> I'm just going to go on and stretch, bro. I'm just going to stretch. I'm going to go on and stretch. Uh, I love it. Uh, I don't know how we're going, but I see it. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, what's the event, but um, there's some of you all in here that um, you went back into some stuff that you just, you just went back. Um, before I tell you what you need to do, let, let me go ahead and play out the response. Here is the response. Prodigal son in the hog pen, coming up with his story. I'm just going to go back and ask, you know, my father, you know, just make me a hired servant because I know he really don't want me no way. So just, just, no, 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 no. He actually outside waiting on you. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting. I've, I've been waiting on you to, I've been waiting. There. Jones, come here. Jones got mad at me. Um, a year ago, <laughs> my man, my dude got mad at me. <laughs> Look, he actually got mad at all of us. <laughs> Joe, and so with Jones, you Jones, like, man, hey, y'all just do y'all thing. Y'all know how he be. Y'all just so Jones, Jones came back, and um, he, he, you know, he he started just sitting in the back, just showing up. 
He from Turnkey, y'all. You got to understand, he from Turnkey. He's sitting in the back just, you know. Then, then Sunday after that, he mid, middle. Sunday after that, he on, he on the second row. And, and we, we, we do an altar call, and he, he come, and he, he's standing there. And I said, you don't know me in the explanation. Get back in position. Yeah, you just... We ain't, we ain't. Just, just watch this. The key has always been under the mat. It's always been there. So, so he he tried to come and just be a good little member, but he like, no, nah, I'm standing back in my position. <laughs> it was Rome week to work. He was like, Rome, sit down. I got it. <laughs> watch this. This dude came and he came back to work. We, we had the homeless giveaway. This dude on his own went out to the community and raised several hundred dollars for us to get the book bags to give away. You know what that, you know what that, that shows me? You know what that, that shows me? Those external, external factors that he's doing? It's showing me that the picture is clear again. <laughs> I love you, man. So if you drifted away, come home. What, what we doing? What we doing? If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you. Not just forgive, cleanse you of all unrighteousness. God says, "I want to take the residue off you. I don't want to just take you out the fire." I want to make sure you don't smell like smoke no more. All of that is yours if you just, God is not going to the hog pen. I ain't going there, but if you come, I'll clean you up. I'll put the robe on you. I'll give you a new ring. I'll put new sandals on you. I will take care. I take, God knows how to take care of his babies. I hear you. And that's, that's why some of you guys have gone back into some stuff because you doubted the reality of God taking care of his children. So you took matters in your own hand and you got us to, to some stuff. Today, God says, come home. Heads bowed and eyes closed all over this building. If that's you, prodigal son, if that's you, wayward daughter, Revelation declares Jesus is standing at the door of your heart knocking if any man will hear my voice, open up the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. What, what is that scripture? Listen, listen, heads bowed, listen. What, what is that scripture all about? Jesus standing at the door of your heart and knocking? This particular text in Revelation is written to seven churches. It's written to believers. So how is it that Jesus trying to come into their heart if they already saved? No. They just locked them out of certain rooms. <laughs> He in the house, but there's some do not enter signs that you have on certain rooms. And God says, I want complete control of your life. It's about an hour's close. Father, now in Jesus' name, God, there's a man, there's a woman. Hey, hey, that's making a choice now to come back home. Ask for forgiveness now. God, go, go ahead. God, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry for my attitude. I'm sorry for my, my pride. I'm sorry for allowing my, my lust to get the best of me. My, my bitterness, God, trying to pay other folk back, trying to, I heard that, trying to prove that I'm better without you and I've got my own self into God. I'm, I'm sorry. Forgive your servant. Forgive your son. Forgive your daughter. I'm ready to give my complete self over to you. That's somebody. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody coming to the Lord for the first time right now. And the Bible declares if you will confess Jesus, watch this, as both Savior and Lord. If you will, if you will confess him today as Lord, if you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. He says, I want you to truly believe that I am the sacrifice the payment for the penalty of your sins. But after believing, I actually want you to allow me to be the Lord of your life. It's happening in somebody's heart now. It's happening. Hey, it's happening now. It's happening now. It is so in Jesus' name. Everybody look up at me. Watch this. Watch this. Put that last scripture on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 3. It says, but if our gospel be hid, watch this. It is hid to them that are lost in whom... The God of this world, the devil, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Everybody look at me. Look at me. Look at me. There are some of you all in here right now that you actually cannot see it happening for you. Like you, I have this marital situation, this relational situation with my children. I have this financial issue, all of these problems, and I can't even see an internal image to be able to cause external variables to align with the internal. Am I making sense? I can't. I can't see it coming together. I can't see it happening. If that's you, stand on your feet right now. This is what God wanted me to show you. The reason you can't see it because there's an enemy that's blinding you from seeing so what God told me to do is to make sure that the legal right of the enemy was taken care of sin gives the enemy legal right to cohabitate within the heart and mind of the believer 
so I can rebuke him, but if he has a legal right to be there, he can hear my words, but he doesn't have to respond. So I ask you, and I gave you an opportunity to confess whatever you needed to confess. And what my role and my responsibility is right now is the thing that's hindering you from see, seeing. My role and my responsibility is to rebuke it off of you. I need you to hear me. I, I need you to hear me. Boy, after this day, after this day, you will see clearer than you ever have in your entire life. I'm not just breaking his hand. Every ancestral, generational, the thing that has fo followed your lineage, I'm breaking it today in the name of Jesus. Hovering principalities and powers, I'm arresting them in the name of Jesus. And you will see like you never have before. All of you all who are standing, lift both hands. Lift both hands as a sign of surrender. What I need my intercessors to do, just point your hands. Just point your hands. Point your hands. In the name of Jesus. Every foul spirit every demonic power that has hindered my brother, hindered my sister from seeing hope, seeing destiny. I curse your presence in their lives. I curse your power against their lives. And I curse your plans for their lives in the name of Jesus. I command you to go now in the name of Jesus. Every 